Haman. And in verse 7, it says, In the first month of Nisan, the twelfth year of King Ashaverus, Hur, that is Lot, was cast before Haman. And he was drawing lots to see when he could convince Ashaverus to kill all the Jews that were captive in his country. And again, there's two other examples, Psalm 22:18 and Matthew 27:35 speak about the same thing. When Jesus was crucified, the Roman soldiers were drawing lots to see for his clothing that they wanted to take it and sell it at the marketplace and make money off of Jesus' crucifixion right there at the cross. Again, there are so many things in Ezekiel. We read about Satan's creation and his responsibility. And the most motivation behind drawing lots goes right back to the beginning of the formation of earth. And what is interesting, tonight's message is going to deal with Genesis all the way through to Revelation. And you have to put the pieces together to get the clear picture. And just watch, because we're going to do that. In Ezekiel 28, 13, he's speaking about, again, Satan. Thou wast in Eden, the garden of God, followed by a description of the items he was constructed from, such as precious stones. Thou wast an anointed cherub that covered, and I set thee, so that thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. And in the book of Revelation, we are told that Satan is a deceiver and destroyer of mankind. And he was the serpent that led even Eve astray. So again, he led Eve astray. In Revelation 12, 9, it says the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, that he is called the devil, Satan and deceiver of the whole world. He was cast down to earth and his angels were cast down with him. Revelation is talking about the middle of the tribulation period. When Satan does something in front of God and God says, he doesn't even look at Satan, he turns to Michael and he says, Michael, get your angels and cast this Satan and his angels down to earth and do that right now. So they're cast out of heaven and they go to earth. And what do they do when they hit earth? The middle of the tribulation, the Antichrist had received a blow and almost died. But I believe Satan indwells the Antichrist because when he gets, begins to get well, he starts doing evil things that are typically Satan. He wants to take away and kick all the Jews out of the temple he just let them build. And we'll talk about that a little bit. In, in addition to that, he has a statue erected of himself and wants the people to worship that as God. Now, who really wants that way? That's Satan, you know. And when I said again, in the very beginning, Daniel warns us that this person is going to come on the scene and he will sign a treaty with many and he will allow the temple to be built again. If you went to Jerusalem today and talked to any of the Orthodox Jews in Israel, they would tell you, we want two things. And if we get those two things, we're going to know the person that brings it to us is the Messiah. We want peace, and we want our temple built again. Oh, mercy. Both of those things, Daniel says, the Antichrist will do. 
So that means that Israel is going to automatically say that the Antichrist is their Messiah because he did what they wanted done. And of course, that's, that's a big lie. As we go on, we see that again, this whole thing started back in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 3.15, God says this after they had gotten Eve and Adam to commit sin. He says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed, thy seed of Satan is going to be the Antichrist, and for her seed, the Messiah, Yeshua, he shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. The bruising of the head would be a lot more of a death blow than the bruising of the heel would be. So automatically Satan knows that God has just placed a curse on him, that God is going to send the Messiah someday. He doesn't know who he is yet, but someday he's going to come and he's going to destroy Satan. And again, in Revelation 12, 9, we're told that Satan was the great dragon, the serpent of old, that is called the devil or Satan or Beelzebub, the deceiver of the whole world. His original name was Lucifer, and in Matthew 12, 24 through 32, Satan was also known as the prince of demons who were in the service of Satan. Keep in mind, Satan was not omnipresent and could not be in every place at once. But the demons and evil spirits were different than angels. They dwelt in the bottomless pit and were called in and out by their leader, the prince of demons, Satan. Another reference of demon is found in Revelation chapter 9, verse 1 through 11. Again, Satan now knows there will be someone that's going to come to earth and will destroy him. And someday he does not yet know who that person will be or when he will come. On the other hand, Satan set his goals. In Isaiah chapter 14, we have at least three I wills that Satan gave us. Satan says, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of congregation in the uttermost parts of the north. I will send, ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will make myself like most high. He wants to be God and have all that God controls. Let's fast forward to the time when Satan finds out who will be the Messiah. Descendants of Adam and Eve, some were godly, but some were evil. Take Adam's son Cain, who slew his brother Abel. And again, God put a mark on him so that all people would recognize who he was. And over time, people's behavior came so bad, God had to clean the earth by a flood. And during that period, Satan was at work spreading evil. Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom, I'm going to say it again, Sodom and Gomorrah is something that the Supreme Court has never read about. Because otherwise they would know the very thing that they okayed for this country to become using was destroyed by God because it tried to take two of his angels along with the family of Lot and tried to molest them 
and draw them into some kind of homosexual relationship, and, and God's not going to tolerate it. Just like he's not going to tolerate it. You know, it's going to get bad in this country someday because God's going to put the heat on. No matter what they do, God will not tolerate. There's a good chance he's going to get us out of the way first, okay? There's a good chance, you know, because there's a lot of evil things that are going on right now in this country. You know, this business Satan, he's called Lucifer. If you've ever read part of Muhammad's work and read part of the Koran, you would know that Muhammad said the angel Gabriel came to him and dictated to him the Koran. But that wasn't Gabriel. That was Lucifer. And I'll guarantee you he told him I'm Gabriel because he wanted to lie about it. But if you study the Koran versus the Bible, everything in their book, the Koran, is the opposite of what God has said in the Bible. Love is through God. Hate mistrust the evil that they're doing in the way they punish people. Cut their heads off, shoot them, burn with fire, you know, set a man on fire. None of that's godly. God doesn't believe in doing it that way. He'd rather see them saved than burned up and destroyed like that. But again, Satan created that false god, you know, Allah, that's not the real God. And again, stop and think about it. I know this. In Revelation, it talks about how the day is going to come after the tribulation. After Jesus has cast the false prophet and the antichrist into the lake of fire and their army into the lake of fire, and then he puts Satan in chains, he then is wearing white robes and he leaves Israel and takes his army and he goes across the Jordan River down to what used to be Edom, which is now that Arabian Peninsula. And he's going there for a reason. God told Israel, when you take over the land, I want you to make sure that you destroy every man, woman, child. Because if you don't, they will corrupt you. Israel didn't follow God's instructions. As a result, they got corrupted. But Jesus, he's not going to hold back because he's going to go after the largest religious group outside of Israel, and that's Islam. He's going to destroy all of Israel. I'm sorry, all of Islam in that Arabian Peninsula, all the way down to the ocean. Because he, he knows, he helped make the rule if I don't destroy them, they're going to end up still yet corrupting Israel. So I got, they're so evil, I got to wipe them out. He'll go up to Iran, he'll go to Iraq, he'll go, again, any of those little countries in southern Russia that are all Islamic, and he's going to destroy all of those. There's not going to be another Islamic religion on earth because that's what he said to do when he went into Israel. And then you know what he's going to do? He goes back into Israel, changes his garment because it's covered with blood. The Bible says he's his white garment is covered with blood. But when he goes back in and he changes his garment, 
he's going to turn to Israel and he's going to say, okay, all that land on the other side of the Jordan River is yours. All that land where the oil-rich nations were belongs to Israel and always has belonged to Israel and should be theirs. And God is going to see that that happens through Jesus. Again, there are so many things that Satan has done during this period of time. And again, in Genesis 12:1, Jehovah said unto Abram, Get thee from thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou will be a blessing. And I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed through the ultimate birth of the one of his descendants, the Messiah. Satan now knows that out of Abram's line will come the Messiah. He will bless all the families of the earth and eventually will lead to Satan's death to fulfill God's original curse he played on Satan when he led Eve and Adam and mankind into a life of sinning. He immediately sees his goal must be to destroy all the descendants of Abram. His goal is to destroy Israel. And it really becomes clear to him because later on, Satan will set out to destroy the Jewish people over a period of time. He becomes the god of this world as described in 2 Corinthians where we read in chapter 4, verse 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should not draw upon them, dawn upon them. And again, in Matthew 23, 39, Jesus talking to his disciples. They all want to know, if he leaves, when is he coming back? And he says, I will simply not be back until my people cry out, Baruch Habav B'Shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The minute Satan hears that, there's no doubt in his mind that Jesus is the Messiah and that Jesus will come back when the Jewish people cry out to him with Baruch Habav B'Shem Adonai. Again, Satan believes that there's nothing that Satan fails to achieve his goal to destroy Israel as he looks for a new leader vessel to follow his reaction. In Psalm 83, it talks about, O God, keep not thou silence, hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God, for lo, thine enemies make atonement, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They take crafty counsel against thy people and counsel together against thy hidden ones. They have said, Come and let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. Against thee do they make a covenant, the tents of Edom and the Ismaelites, Moab, the Hagarenes, Gabal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia with the inhabitants of Tyre. Assyria also is joined with them. They have helped the children of Lot. 
All of these countries, at one time or another, set out to destroy Israel. Today, if there's a vote in the United Nations that wants to penalize Israel, over a hundred countries vote for that penalty. A hundred nations are convinced that Israel is always wrong about everything it does and therefore should be punished. There right now a big investigation going on where Hamas in Palestine has claimed that Israel committed atrocities during the last Hamas war. Well, Israel's telling the real truth because they're saying it really was Hamas that was committing the atrocities. But you know what? The United Nations will listen to all of those lies because they have a distorted view. Satan has convinced the world that they should drop the, anything to do with Israel. Look, look what's happening in this country. What have we done? We've turned our back on Israel. We have denied every relationship we ever had with them. And, and we just, you know, we're, we're following right in the footsteps of Satan's desire for everyone to cast lots for Israel. God has a way. Now, you know, right now, the Jewish people are there in unbelief. 85% are unbelievers. Maybe 15% are messianic, and they believe. But no matter, it's still the apple of God's eye. Five times nations have tried to destroy Israel by invading Israel. And five times little Israel has defeated every one of those nation groups, even when they had more aircraft, more tanks, more soldiers than Israel had. Because God will not allow anyone to destroy Israel unless he is in command. Unfortunately, we know according to Ezekiel, God says that during the end times, two-thirds of the Jewish people will be killed. Only one-third will be left to see Jesus when he touches earth with his feet on the Temple Mount and his feet on the Mount of Olives. One-third is left, and that one-third will be totally saved because they'll see the holes in his hands and his feet, and they'll know who he was, and they'll fall to the ground, knowing that all their family, all these years, have denied who Jesus was. And they died without knowing and accepting Jesus. And again, God will take care because Paul said that the day is going to come and the tide's going to come when all Israel, what's left of it, will be saved. Every single Jewish person will be saved. I believe this. I believe if a mother is pregnant with a baby and she's Jewish, I believe that baby's going to kick her from in the womb. I believe that that baby's going to be born knowing Jesus. There'll never be another Jew brought on this earth that doesn't know who Jesus is and accept him as their Messiah. Again, biblically. Ironclad. 
just look back at the, all of the people that have been involved with Israel for the last hundreds of years. Almost every country throughout Israel in that land has tried to destroy Israel. You had Hitler trying to do it in Europe. You had the Russians try to do it with their programs. You had the Catholic Church try to do it with their Inquisition. So again, all of those things and all of those people would, had drawn lots against Israel. And who caused it? Satan and his demons. Satan had the ability to send his demons out to begin to change the mind of leaders throughout the world and make sure they understood from Satan's point of view that Israel caused all the problems in this world and therefore they should be eliminated, which is nothing but one great big lie. And again, he's the father of lies. Look what he did with Muhammad. He created a false religion. Everything about him is false. God does not tolerate it. Oh, yes, no matter, it's always not good to be involved with what these nations are trying to do. Today, and again, Revelation 20, 11 through 15, if anyone's name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, he will be thrown into the lake of fire. This is a serious thing for you and for me and for the people I work with. When I teach to reach, like the brother's going to do with that trip to Haiti, it's so important. You've got to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, what does that mean? You've got to accept Jesus. You've got to believe that he died for your sins. You've got to believe that he shed his blood for the forgiveness of your sins. You've got to believe that he was buried and that God lifted him from the dead. And he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. But you've got to believe and know he's coming back for you if your name is written in his book because you'll be raptured as the time comes, but by the same token, when he comes back again, you're going to have duties to perform with him. You're going to be part of his army after, you know, you're going to go to that wedding chamber in his father's house, and you're going to be there seven weeks, like seven days, which is a marriage ceremony in Israel, but you're going to be there for seven weeks or seven years, just like the tribulation period. But at the end of the tribulation, the father's going to knock on the door and he's going to say, Jesus, get your people and get back down to earth. They're just about ready to destroy your people Israel. And you've got to go back and save them. And Jesus will get his army together. And again, he'll go into the clouds and he'll begin to descend to earth, going to the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives in between the Antichrist and Israel to destroy the Antichrist and all his forces and everything he's about because Jesus will save him. And we'll be with him 
as part of his army. We'll still have those glorified bodies we got on the way up, and you can't hurt a glorified body. You know, we don't have to worry. That's our armor. It's a permanent thing we'll have. So again, Jesus is going to take care of it because he's not going to stand for drawing lots for his chosen people. God will not tolerate it. Let's close in prayer. And I'm going to close with the Aaronic benediction. And first I'll say it in Hebrew, and then I'll say it in English. Again, Lord, we just bless this church, bless its pastor, bless its people. Lord, continue to use them in a mighty way to reach out here in the low country. Lord, they've been such a blessing to Michelle and I for so many years. And we look forward to, it's, it's just like being home with family every time we come here. And Lord, we just praise you for the good times and the, and the blessing that you brought to us from this church and from the work it does here. Lord, again, if you would stand, it's tradition to do that for the reading of the ironic benediction.